Good morning. So good to see you here this morning. Thanks for joining us online as well. As Nick mentioned and uh, John mentioned earlier, we do have a great morning where we get to hear from the Rays. And uh, some of you know the Rays. Some of you are looking forward to this. Uh, some of you, like even the Rays had mentioned to me earlier this week, you're like, oh, no, I came to a church and they're going to talk to some missionaries. Right? You can, that, that's, if you have that feeling, that's all right, because I want you to take something away personally today. Is I want you to take away something that we are all called to mission, every single one of us. And the Rays um, have a, a cool opportunity before them that we get to partner with, we get to be a part of, uh, but we're all called to mission. The resurrected Jesus said this in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And so what Jesus was saying here is he's saying, as you are going. So we often think missions is what we're going to talk about here today. And it is. It is about going somewhere else. But what Jesus intended, and the Rays will highlight this, emphasize this. We've talked about this already. So I'm not sitting here insulting them in front of them and their friends and their families. Is that we are all called to mission as you are going. So that means the school you go to, the workplace, your community, your neighborhood, wherever you go, we're called to mission to do these things that Jesus said, to make disciples, to baptize, to teach the commandments of Jesus. And see, this is for all of us to walk in, for me as the pastor of the church, for you in the environments that you're in, for your children in the environments that they're in, your grandchildren, and also for the race. We're all called and so today we're going to hear about the connection with Cord Ministry that the Rays have and how they're going to be working and are working with Cord, and also what it means that we as a church are sending the Rays. We're their sending church. So what in the world does that mean for you? What does that mean for me? So we want to hear from the Rays of how they got to the point that they're at today, how we can partner, and then ultimately what does it mean for each of us to be on mission today? I want you to be listening for those different ways here today. And so to give you some background, to, to paint a fuller picture, whether you know the Rays or not, uh, we want you to take a, a look at a clip. So check this clip out. There's just something about being at the center of God's will and knowing his plan for your life, which is you don't always get to that point, you know? And so we're there and we know what he's calling us to do. And I know that we're going to do great things for him. We felt the call on our lives to serve in Uganda in 2011. And for the past 10 years, we've really continued to feel that tug to go there. Um, in 2018, we felt that even stronger and knew that that was God's plan for our life. So we started preparing to go over. And we're going to be working on the substance abuse ministry alongside our friend, Uncle Mike and his um, street children's ministry. When Jackson and I went over to Uganda, we were taken to a young lady named Gloria. It wasn't in our plans to go see her, but God knew that we needed to see Gloria. And she was a teenage girl suffering from um, cerebral malaria that took over her body. And she was severely neglected and wasn't able to care for herself. And from that point on, I knew that we needed to fight for Gloria. So we got her into a facility that was able to care for her. 
and we were introduced to a missionary from Australia who took on that role for Gloria and started caring for her. And at the same time, we were praying about what God wanted us to do in Uganda. We knew it was going to be different than what we had done before, but we didn't know what that looked like. And then we talked to that missionary, trying to see if that was a good fit for Gloria. And she started sharing her testimony. She shared that she also struggled with addiction and was in recovery as well. And that she had been praying for a team that could come alongside her and serve in a substance abuse ministry for the Sarodi region. And I just stopped her right then and was like, you're the missing piece, you're the piece. Um, she had no clue what I was talking about, but that was it. That was what God was calling us there. And if we hadn't met Gloria, those pieces wouldn't have all came together like they did. With the street children that our friends are working with, we're seeing an issue with the young boys that are homeless on the streets, using that as a coping mechanism so that they don't feel hungry. So for three days, they can take substances or drink alcohol, and it will help them to curb those hunger pains that they're feeling. My past experience has been a, a huge part of going forward in this Uganda journey. So I've been sober since June 2007. I'm a recovering alcoholic. Um, since 2007, I have obtained my bachelor's degree in family life education. And then from there, I went to Western, where I became a certified drug and alcohol abuse counselor. Um, following that, I became a recovery coach. Uh, and then from there, I recently obtained my master's degree in social work, and I have just recently began working in the prison system um, as a substance abuse therapist. This experience, both in my career and in my life, has really been a, a huge thing that God has prepared me for to, to now go to Uganda and help those that just don't have the resources or the knowledge or the education on how to get sober and how to get clean. Some of the biggest gaps in Uganda when it comes to substance abuse is the resources that are available there for individuals dealing with substance abuse. So what we plan to do is provide them with those resources, with education and other materials that can help them identify their substance abuse problem. Our kids will most certainly be involved in the work we're doing in Uganda, and they'll certainly be on the field with us serving the street children and going out and building those relationships in the community, and they'll be at the Bible studies and, you know, all of the things that we'll be doing, they'll be alongside us the whole time. I think the biggest impact that we hope to make over there is just educating more Ugandans on what substance abuse is, what addiction is, and how to recover from that. We will know we're successful when we lead just one person to Christ because that will be the most important thing of all. We thought for sure we'd be going over there 10 years ago, but why it has taken 10 years is because we had a lot of humbling to do and um, kind of surrendering to our own selfish ways and what we thought was supposed to happen instead of what God wanted to happen. And so the past 10 years of serving in the mission field over there really started forming us in that way. And now it is time to go. And so it just now feels like he's given us the okay, the go ahead, that we're, we're ready now. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. You met him in the video, but if you've not met Rocky and Chelsea Ray, this is Rocky and Chelsea Ray, and I'm just so pleased to introduce them to you. 
And not only are the two of you heading to Uganda, you're taking your boys with you as well. And uh, there'll be a picture that'll pop up here on the screen. Would you introduce us to your boys? Yeah, so we got the tallest one there is Jackson, who is seven. Then we got the middle guy, Lucas, who is six. And Caleb is uh, four, almost five. <laughs> you got one more service. You can get it in that one. So. We'll get it on the third try. <laughs> and he had the super cool pose there of the, the three, three boys there with the like, I don't know, superhero pose. I love it. So uh, your boys are going. They are serving alongside. They're going to get to grow up. Uh, on the mission field in Uganda. Uh, how are they feeling? We're going to talk about how you guys are feeling and how you got here, but how are your boys feeling and processing this new reality? So they're very excited. Um, it's been really cool and kind of one of the ways we know that God is calling us to this um, because of the confirmation through our boys. Um, it just gives us a peace, you know, especially with Jackson. Um, I took him over there in 2019, and he just fit right in, um, just embraced the culture and really enjoyed being there. There was no complaining of where's, you know, the screens or where are my Oreos or whatever it may be that aren't as readily available over there. Um, and he's one that is very much in his own, stuck in his ways. You know, he likes his things like this and no one messes with them and they're all mine. And so for him to go over and to not have any of that and be so comfortable um, was a big confirmation for me to know that God is, you know, he's blessing this and showing us that our kids are going to be just fine and um, that they're going to really love it as well, especially with through Jackson. But the little boys are super excited. Um, big brother went, now they're ready to go. They've been asking for a couple years now since Jackson came back, and so they're um, excited with us to be going over and serving and all of that. It's a beautiful thing that I witness in your family and we witness in your family too is this servant's heart. Chelsea's, you serve in the children's ministry team here. Rocky's, you've served around the church in a lot of different ways and your kids are just present and they, uh, you can see that they love others and they love the Lord and it's just, it's been a blessing to see you guys grow as you two have been plugged into the church here for how long has it been now? Uh, Jackson was a baby, so seven years ago. Yeah. So seven years ago, and met you two just right back in that corner, and you were just seeking God's will for your life and trying to figure some things out. Um, one of the things that you had as a goal in life, at, it was about that time, maybe a little bit before that, uh, you had written it on your refrigerator. This was like the life goal that um, this is what you were working toward. And, and today, in context, obviously, we're talking about going to Uganda as missionaries, uh, selling everything, moving. What was that on your refrigerator? And, and kind of how did you process from that thing to where we're at here today? Okay. Um, our life goal at that time was a flat screen TV. We had had hand-me-down everything and this big old box TV in our apartment. And so it was on our fridge that that was our goal in life. We had this envelope and we're putting money into it. And that was, that was essentially it. And then, um, we got a call one day from my stepmom back there and said, Hey, um, we have this great opportunity to host these kids from Uganda, these, um, orphans with a chaperone through Watoto children's choir. There's been a big snowstorm and they need a place to stay for three days. And so at first I was like, no way, I'm not, doing that. My house is messy or I don't have groceries or whatever it may be. And that sounds really uncomfortable to host people we don't know. And 
um, called Rocky. He felt the same way. And then um, just felt like we were actually supposed to do that. So I called her back and said, okay, um, I guess we'll do it. And she said, okay, you got to pick them up in an hour. And so um, we had them and brought them to our home. And uh, it was, that was the game changer. That was... Um, what really just kind of, those three days of spending time with them, hearing their stories, they were orphans. The chaperone was also an orphan raised by Watoto. Um, the transformation that took place was amazing, but um, it, they just started pulling on our heart. And um, I'd go to bed at night when the little boys were asleep in the other room, Cyrus and Franco, and I would just cry with Rocky and say, how did they experience so much trauma and pain at such a young age? They're, um, they were probably what our boys are, our six and seven-year-old at the time. And it was just, it was so sad. But it also stirred this um, need to go there and see, um, you know, that life and what they were experiencing and then how this organization has helped them. So then um, in four months, we had raised, saved, and earned uh, $10,000 to go over. Um, we were both in like minimum wage jobs. So I always tell people that if you want to go on a mission trip, God will provide it. Um, he did with us through just random things. So, um, we went over and it was kind of a glorified mission trip. You're, we were very protected. Um, we were put up in a nice guest house. We went and served during the day and then they were like, let, we'll let you rest at nighttime. And, but we wanted to be in it with them. We wanted to be in the village um, doing life with them, not just kind of going for nine to five and then going home and being fed well and stuff. And um, we didn't get that for, with that first trip. And so when we came back to the States, we just had this overwhelming feeling of wanting more, wanting to see more, wanting to be with the Ugandan people um, before they're rescued and what that looks like. And so um, we were just that feeling was just so strong. And at the same time, we got an email from Uncle Mike, which was another chaperone that had came over from Watoto. Some of you met him when he was here at our church. Um, saying, hey, we hear that you want to do more and my community um, needs help. And so why don't you come and serve with me in Sarodi? So we said, okay. And then all of a sudden we started an organization, Aicha Ministries, which you saw in some of the pictures and all of this just kind of happened, and we didn't really seek God much in that moment. We just said, oh, there's a need. We're going to start this organization. Here we go. And then we were in Uganda again at the end of 2012. Um, I was pregnant with Jackson. And so we went over, and there was there were great needs all around us, um, but we didn't really know what we were doing. Um, but we started um, doing empowering projects, empowerment projects with the families, and um, a lot of them were widows and uh, just working with how can they provide for their family. Um, went back home, had a baby. Things started um, slowing down for us. Then we started seeing some barriers that continued to happen with Aicha and not being able to get things done and feeling that pause or pullback on that and started being a burden. And we didn't know what that was, and I started seeking pastoral counsel from Pastor and also Pastor Chris and just, what does this look like? It feels like we might need to close the store, but I feel guilty. Um, we don't want to uh, abandon these families, but we don't feel like we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And essentially, that door did close. And um, there was a lot of guilt there and just feeling like we let them down. Um, but ultimately, and Chris told us, we're not Jesus. Only Jesus can provide what they need. And I needed to hear that. And um, it may sound like a negative thing, but it's not. I'm not Jesus, and Rocky is not. And um, 
we had to surrender them to Jesus and let him care for them and know that he would. Um, and so just letting that go is, was um, hard, but also what we needed to do for God to continue to work in us. So then everything kind of just went on pause after that. We did little projects here and there. And then in 2018, um, Rocky was just starting his master's program. And um, I just one day, and I don't say this, um, I've never said this very strongly than I do now, of hearing God's voice so clearly. And I heard it with him telling us, I still have a plan for your family to go and to serve in Uganda. And you're supposed to move there. You know, we talked about this a while ago. And so it's still a plan. This is um, seven years later. So um, I mentioned it to Rocky and it was like, no way. I just started my master's program. We have these three little boys in our home and all of these things. And you want to move to Uganda right now? And I'm, I don't know. It just, that's what I'm feeling. And it's very strong. And I've never felt this before. And so, um, we started praying about it and meeting with Pastor Chris. And I can let you go on where, <laughs> where you got from there. I'm detailed and he's not. So, but I'm going to give it to him. Yeah. Yeah. So from there, it was, I, th- I think it was Pastor Chris said, you know, go on a, a small retreat. And so we went away for a weekend and, you know, shut down all screens and the whole outside world, really. And we just spent that whole weekend praying. And by the end of the weekend, you know, we we really felt God's calling to, to go to Uganda. So that was really kind of the turning point for for myself and really both of us, I think. And I knew that if God was calling us there, that we would be united in this because um, we can't do it separately in our marriage if I'm feeling the call and he's not. So um, Chris would send us back a lot with, okay, go back and pray and pray and pray. And so I would be silent um, with asking Rock about that and just continue praying. And then there was that turnaround and the confirmation to go. So then we took, um, I took Jackson over in 2019 just to see what God was calling us there um, for this time, because we knew it was going to be different. And then in the video, you heard kind of how we got to that with Gloria and meeting the missionary and um, knowing that it was in the substance abuse field. So the first, the, the way this started was you saying yes to an uncomfortable situation, uh, to an ask of you. And we all have these every day, right? We have these moments where we feel this maybe little tug, like, eh, yeah, I should really do that. Uh, the Spirit's prompting us. And so often, if you're anything like me, I'll be like, eh, no, nah, that's right. And I justify it, right? Um, but it's these moments where we say yes to the little things, and then that opens a door, and then it opens another door, and it opens another door. And, and it may feel scary stepping into these realities, but these are the things that unfold and why we're sitting here talking about Uganda and years on the mission field versus a flat screen TV um, that's in your house. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's a radically different reality. And the multiplication effect. Because we as a church, as Chelsea mentioned, Uncle Mike's been here before. Many of us have met Uncle Mike. Uh, if you're familiar at all with mustard seeds of what Joan Chapman does here at the church, this is fruit from Uncle Mike and time in Uganda. And, and that is a ministry we'll hear more about too coming up uh, in a number of months here. Uh, but that God's doing a great work from some yeses in there. So now when you have been in Uganda, uh, there's numerous needs just like there is here in the States, but God had been uh, aligning both of you 
um, towards this point, especially Rocky, some of what we heard in the video here, is you identified a significant need. Would you um, talk about this need and how it's played out in Sorodi? And, and um, yeah, we'll start with that. Yeah, so before we, I think it was before we ever decided that we were going to move to Uganda, I wrote a paper and it was um, like how to start a group with a vulnerable population. So I, before I knew, again, before we knew we were going to Uganda, I chose um, Uganda in general and then starting up a group there. And so I had to provide all this research on this vulnerable population and the research in Uganda that's available, I spent so many hours, it was pretty much non-existent. What I did find, finally, was like, Ugandans don't realize it's a problem. If they do realize it's a problem, they have to travel many, many miles um, for that, for their substance abuse. Um, they don't, uh, or they have like other needs that they think are higher than their substance abuse problem. Um, like housing and obtaining food, um, taking care of their family, and those sort of situations. And then the research on children suffering with substance abuse problem, it was like non-existent. Um, so just the education, kind of like I stated in the video, um, on substance abuse is um, just really unclear over there. So it's a layered reality, just like it is here in the States. It's, um, it's not just one thing, it's many different things. Chelsea, you mentioned in the video, and, and Rocky, you can chime in on, on this as well, is that um, instead of eating, um, they will find some sort of substance, the young boys, and that will keep them full for a number of days. Could you talk on that just a, a little bit about the comment that was made? Yeah, definitely. So, like, the alcohol there, most people, uh, you know, they live in poverty. They can't afford to just go out and they buy beer or liquor. Um, and alcohol seems to be one of the, the bigger problems. There's a couple other substances that are an issue there. But they make their own alcohol there, and so then these children will consume alcohol to curb their appetite um, because they, it's cheaper to make their own alcohol than to buy food. And um, if you may or may not know also, making your own alcohol is extremely dangerous if you don't do it right or whatever. Um, you know, it can kill you. So there in Uganda, you're addressing substance abuse, you're addressing poverty, uh, hunger, malnutrition, uh, the obvious, you know, spiritual need that we all have. And so it's this multi-layered uh, impact. So what are some ways that you, uh, obviously you're sitting here today and you're going to be on the field here in the, the fall. Um, what are some ways that you anticipate serving and helping meet some of the need there? So um, this was your question last time, but I'll answer it. <laughs> um, so Rocky's been going to Celebrate Recovery, which is a faith-based recovery program. Um, he did that many years ago and then has started back up just to get those resources so that when we go over, um, we have that faith-based curriculum to um, better support them with and educate them. And so we're going to be partnering with um, the Australian missionary who is also passionate about substance abuse and recovery over there and has also seen that need as something very much needed. Um, and we've heard numerous times that no one has ever came and focused on this. You know, there's so many other pressing needs. And so um, they kind of forget that side. But that's like an underlying issue that causes a lot of other issues. We saw that when we had Aicha 
Um, and we had a lot of um, widowed family, the household, the mother was the main provider. And a lot of the times we'd ask, Where, where's the father? Oh, he died from alcohol poisoning or being poisoned at the bar when he was drinking alcohol. Um, so that was a common theme that we didn't realize back in the day um, that continues over. So our plan is to start with the street children um, and serve alongside Uncle Mike and Tanya, um, the other missionary, and just provide them the resources um, and education that they need to help these kids that are young as 10 years old struggling with addiction because they're hungry um, and just kind of fall into it because they someone says, hey, you can take this homemade alcohol and you won't feel being hungry. And they do it because it hurts, you know? And so, um, so they do, and then they become addicted to it. So just being able to provide the education and resources and kind of advocate for these kids and then hopefully get into the adults as well and be able to provide that resource for them. And um, our big dream is to one day open addiction recovery center that's faith-based where we can share the gospel alongside building the relationships and trust with these people um, so they can be free from this bondage of addiction. Yeah, because everything is so intertwined here. And I mean, with addiction, it's just the, the layers. Um, it, it's not just one thing. It's not just... Um, it's not just hitting the, the physical need, it's hitting the spiritual need and it's hitting the emotional need. There's just a, you know, who are the people around? What are the environments? And uh, it's a complicated reality. But as we think about your opportunities to go to Africa, uh, you have uh, God-aligned, God-ordained, God-prepared opportunities and open doors. Um, talk a few minutes about these is... Um, one of the barriers that a lot of missionaries face is language. Um, so would you just briefly speak to language? Do you have to go to language school? Do you, is that going to cause years of delay before you get on the, you know, the field to be able to minister? What does language look like for you? Yeah, so that's probably the, one of the number one answers that we get is what's the language or questions that we get. And so the main, the main language over there is English. Um, and there's a, a couple other... Um, Swahili is a, a big language over there. Um, but yeah, it's English. Uh, where we'll be serving in Sarodi, it's probably like one of the more rare languages in the whole world. It's called um, Ateso. And so um, when you get deep into the village, um, they might speak a little more Ateso than they would English. Um, but we've kind of been picking it up here and there when we visit. Um, so like, hello is yoga. So now you know how to speak Ateso. If the opportunity ever presents itself, which will if you come and join us sometime, you'll know how to say hello to the ones deeper in the village that don't speak English. Absolutely. Uh, what about, what about re we've talked about relationships. You have Uncle Mike who works directly with a lot of the street children. Uh, you already have your connection through your time with Aicha. So there's respect of um, those in the city already knowing you. Uncle Mike, who's a great leader in the community, knowing you. Uh, Tanya, the, the missionary there, having uh, what she's established, but also Amos. Would you share a little bit about the connection with Amos and some of the welcome that you have already received? So Amos is a probation officer in Uganda, and that's different than what probation officers are here. He's a community government official. And when you get to the government level at the community side, um, they are very much interested in the well-being of their community and... Um, and the people. So we had, I had met with him last time we were there to help get Gloria to a better place. And um, he has 
communicated with us that he's so excited for us to come and we have his full support and he's so excited to see this work done because it hasn't been done before. Um, so it's very comforting to be able to have that support already as we're getting started. And he even offered us to start a um, NGO, a non-governmental organization, um, right off the bat before we're even there. And we said, whoa, 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 we've done that before. So we're going to just get in and get started. And then we'll, we'll talk about that in the years to come. And um, so it's just, it is really great to be able to have him alongside us and will definitely help us get things moving along when we're ready to start um, addiction centers and stuff like that, so. Absolutely, and then if you know Chelsea, Chelsea is a go-getter. Chelsea has a vision of something and then it's done. And uh, we will deeply miss you here on staff, uh, but, but your heart when it's in something, you just, you bring people around you. A number of you are here because of Rocky and Chelsea, not just here today, but at the church. Uh, because you bring people around, you develop, you create community, and, and that's happened already in Uganda. Rocky, with your training, uh, with your sobriety for almost 14 years, that is awesome. Praise God for that. And uh, with your experience there, um, there, God builds and uses opportunities and experiences in life, both the challenging and the dark days, and also the days filled with joy and hope to bring you to this point. And uh, Joanna and watched the, the clip last night and she just made the comment. She said, uh, my wife Joanna, she said, they are just so well paired and prepared and uh, what a great opportunity uh, for the Rays and for Sorodi. And it's a great blessing that uh, God is just, it's cool to see how God has just worked through you guys. So just briefly, um, how has how's God confirmed that call? We've talked about a number of things already. But what are just a handful of ways that God has confirmed the call for Africa, for Uganda, to the two of you? Okay. Um, so one of the big things was, Pastor Chris said that I need to start journaling so that I remember these key moments when we're on the field and things get hard sometimes, just remembering God's favor. Um, there's been so many things. It, we continue to be in awe every day of how he provides and his favor upon us. Um, one of the things was our Lukey, who's six, who um, started doing this paper bead fundraiser. So each of our boys are responsible for a fundraiser to get over there. We want them to be immersed in that and understand um, how we're being sent and um, that there's people, all of you are behind us in that. It's not just us going. And so we had this bin in our basement collecting dust. They were paper beads from a project we used to do a long time ago. And I randomly saw a picture of a paper bead lanyard online. And I thought, hmm, maybe we could do that. People could hold their masks on them or their work IDs and talk to Lukey about if that would be something he'd be interested in as his fundraiser. And he was on board. Um, and I said, what would your goal be if you wanted for your goal for your numbers? Of what would you want to raise? And he said, I said, what about like $200? And he said, I want to raise my plane ticket to Uganda. And I said, oh, okay, that's $1,500. Um, but you know, we, yes, we'll, we'll shoot for it. And so, um, so then now to date, so these paper beads and then it turned into keychains as well. Um, he has raised $1,945. He's sold over a hundred keychains and lanyards and that's all God. And that's just him showing up and showing us how big he is 
And especially to our little six-year-old who was praying fiercely, Lord, let me sell 10 of them when I wake up in the morning. Um, and so he woke up and had sold 16, and then it just kind of snowballed. And so there's no doubt they're still selling. Um, he'll probably provide all the funds needed for our plane tickets over, which ended up being around 2400 between that. And, and now looking at it, it's like God can provide anything. And that's just one of many times that God has just continued to show up for us and show us his favor and that we're going to be just fine. <laughs> so for me, it's been, it's gone way back to when we first met. If you haven't heard our story, I'm definitely not going to share it now, <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's pretty wild. And through the steps through that, how Chelsea is just this behind the scenes, amazing administration puts her mind to something and accomplishes it. And then for myself, just all these steps were, you know, getting clean and sober and all the training and job experience and schooling that I've taken. I had no idea I was going to be using it for God's glory. And, you know, here I am using it for God's glory. So it's just been a cool thing to look back and see all these small things are, wow, this big picture now. Yep, including housing and vehicle and just, I mean, answers to prayer in a lot of different ways that God has been so, so faithful. And you you're want right, to share about that really quick? If you'd like to. <laughs> uh, briefly, I'll do it briefly. So one night we were talking to a friend and she said, so where are you going to live? And um, what, where, are you going to have a car or how's that going to work? And we said, well, what would be really cool is if a missionary was leaving that area and then we could just kind of come in and they can sell their vehicle to us and we can move into that home. Um, and so we went to bed that night and I kid you not, I woke up the next morning. No one knew that we had this need or the conversation besides that friend. And I had a message from um, the, another missionary saying, hey, um, do you guys still, do you know what housing you're going to be living in or a vehicle and all that? And I said, um, that's funny that you ask. No, they, we just were talking about that. And she said, well, we have a missionary family that's going to be leaving this summer. Um, it, the middle of August, we arrive August 26th, and they have a home. It's this great um, house with a guest house on back, which is exactly what we need for mission trips to come over, um, and a vehicle they'll have ready to sell. And um, so it might be a really great fit for you. It's right in town. And so I just wanted to check with you and see if that's something you're interested in, and we'll connect you. So it was like, we just spoke it, you know, like hours before, and then that message was in my mailbox um, within hours, just giving us that, you know, that need that we had. So it's really cool. And the fact that they're literally leaving a week before we arrive. So it's like just right there for us. So, so as we listen, we hear these amazing, miraculous stories of God providing, God multiplying, and we can sit here and say, well, that's, that's not me. That's just that's, that's miraculous. That's the raise. I guess what encouragement would you give to us who are on mission as well and desire to be on mission as well? Um, what encouragement would you give to us who aren't going to Uganda but are, are here in, in, in light of, of much of what you said? Yeah, I love God's word where he says we are saved by grace and not by works because we're not, up, we're not any different than you all. We're not up here boasting. This is just where we've been called to go. We prayed, and God said, go. And so I just encourage you all just to do the same. God may say, go, and that'll be across the world, or it might be right here in Marshall. So um, just seeking out God's counsel is, um, is the biggest encouragement I can give you. 
So we're just, yeah, we're, we're going to Uganda. To us, it doesn't seem like a big deal. And it's really not. It's just a little bit farther away than most people's call. But um, just remembering, which you hear all the time, that it can be um, your neighbor next door or your coworker or um, your friend that you've known for 10 years, you know, just continuing to plant those seeds and building those relationships and that trust with them and sharing the love of Christ. And ultimately, they're going to wonder what that is. And um, that's Jesus shining through you and sharing that with others. And then the gospel comes out in that way as well. So um, it's not, doesn't have to be this big thing. You know, it's very simple in your day-to-day life. And um, I just encourage you to just keep pressing on. You're doing exactly that and planting those seeds. And you may not see the fruit from that. Um, It may take months, years. um, You may never see it, but you're planting those seeds and building those relationships and sharing Jesus's love with people. Mm -hmm. Because really what you're doing here, you're taking to another country. And it's it's just the change in location. We we do that. So I want to explain what our role is as a sending church and what Cord's role is. And by the way, Rocky, thanks for not sharing your your story. You know, how you guys met. You said you were going to hold that back. Um, instead, we're going to have Chelsea's dad come forward and share that story. That's a whole, that's a whole other story as well. You, you'll, please ask me about it later. It is very, very hilarious. Let's just say I was 15 and he was 21. And <laughs> Chris gives us a hard time all the time about that. It is a cool story, though. God was faithful and God protected. <laughs> Don't let that shade anything that has been said. <laughs> so what is Cord's role and what is FBC's role? So Cord's role, who you are, have partnered with, you have an amazing mentor named John there who is pouring into you guys, grew up in the mission field, has been a missionary himself, is working with Cord. Is Cord's job is to get you to the field, help prepare you now, and get you there, and then holds you accountable in the field. So what the Rays are going to do, they're, they're going to keep an eye, just like we will too, is like, how's it going? How can we help? Um, furthering the mission on the field is that these are missionaries that they are serving alongside with in Cord. They're going to have all sorts of ideas that I won't have, that you won't have, so they're going to be there. The financial side, uh, what does that look like? They're going to process that for you guys, and we're going to talk a little bit about some financial ways that you can support them too. Um, and then just being a mentor. So CORD is this uh, organization that's really this like big hug, I guess, you know, of, of really keeping an eye on the raise and helping them. So what is our role as a church? Our role as a church is three things. It's prayer, it's encouragement, and it's partnership. So prayer, encouragement, and partnership. Okay? And it's not just those things in a passive way, it's an active way. So if you're remembering this, it's active prayer, active encouragement, active participa- or a partnership. So actively praying is that we as a church, we want to commit to pray for the race, is, is to be active in our prayer, to know what's going on in their life, to pray for them individually, to pray for their marriage, to pray for the boys as brothers, to pray for what is unfolding around them, to pray for vision that God would show them where to go and what to do and, and who to minister to to pray for organizations and churches around them, to pray scripture over them. If you're reading the word and something stands out, uh, pray that over the the rays. Um, So we want to be actively praying for the rays. Something that is tightly connected to that is encouragement, is that we can pray from a distance and they, they may not know that. They may feel it, sense it, 
cover it, but they may not know that. So we need to actively encourage is, hey, guys, we are praying for you. We're praying in this way. We can say that to them. Um, we want to actively encourage them um, with, uh, with cards, with emails, with texts, with um, FaceTime, with whatever it may be, is that, hey, we're here. Because they're going to get discouraged on the field. They're going to wonder if they've been forgotten. They're going to wonder if they made a mistake. They're going to have these moments where it's going to be these dark days. Like Chelsea mentioned, is this journal of like, okay, God has been faithful in these ways. I need to remind myself of this when it is just heavy and hard. But they need us to be a part of that, to encourage them. And what I'm asking the Rays, and I've asked them and will continue to ask them, is for them to be honest with us. Is that we don't want the Rays to put on a face of everything is great and it's wonderful and it's perfect when they are just struggling inside and outside. And so they've already committed to me and they'll... That you're committing today to be honest with us is that because we want to pray well actively and we want to encourage well actively. And so there's a ton of ways that we can um, encourage them. The third way is a financial partnership, is an active financial partnership. Now, there's really two different ways um, to support the raises. One is uh, like a one-time gift, is that you have needs to get you to Uganda, um, these one-time type of setup needs. But then there's really the monthly, monthly partnership that they're going to have. And this is, uh, I wouldn't say it's more important, but it is very important, this monthly partnership to come alongside of them. And every single gift makes a difference, whether it's $5 or $500 a month, is that there's a way that we can all be a part and encourage them in this way. And so your goal is August 25th, is that to be out, to be fully funded, so that when you get on the mission field, they don't have to worry calling back and say, hey, would you support us? Would you consider, would you pray about this? to be fully funded so that they can fully engage on the mission field with um, those around them. And I'm also going to ask you, um, well, you'll have this opportunity today. Um, there's these cards in the back that uh, the Rays have, and these are the support cards uh, for monthly donations and the start date. There's a start date on there that says now or other. Many people have already said and often do with missionaries is, hey, when you get on the field, we'll support you. I'm encouraging us as a church to start as soon as possible. And what this does is this encourages them that we are with them. Uh, It also takes the stress away as August 25th gets closer and closer of like, ooh, I don't know if we're going to make it. Or once we get onto the field, I don't know if people are really going to give to us. And then it also helps them down the road too is that say you give your 30 bucks now, your 50 bucks now, a month, whatever, when the support wanes down the road, when someone has to back out, when someone has to not be able to support for whatever reason, they've got some extra money to fill in that gap. So it's encouraging, it takes the stress away, and it supports them later down the road. And so you can do that. And so um, afterwards, the rays are going to be over in the coffee bar side there, and you can talk to them. There's these cards that are there. They'll answer any questions about um, partnering with them. And then also another way that you can support them is on this other side over here. I believe your boys will be over there and your parents. Uh, some t-shirts. Jackson um, drew the lion that's on there, and that's uh, Joshua 1.9, Be Strong and Courageous. And so he designed that as part of his fundraising effort for the trip there. And so those t-shirts are available. They've got a few of them there, and they can also order more. Um, so they'll be back there with those. And I think some of the paper beads maybe are back there. Yep, the paper... Thank you. <laughs> the paper beads, um, keychains, and lanyards are back there, but we'll take orders and get them to you within the week as well. So you can talk to them. Any questions, uh, website, 
uh, has been on the screen, so raisinuganda.org, and that's going to link you directly to CORD, uh, who they're working with, and so you can get a little bit more of a picture there, and if you want to give that way, you can give that way too. Um, but also share in your network. We're here today because we are the Sending Church. We want to actively pray, encourage, and partner. Um, we want you to know, and we want your friends to know too, is that you have a network too that you can share with. And, uh, and there's many people out there who are looking for good people to invest in, to pass on, to um, share the kingdom uh, with. And so um, go ahead and do that. So I want to close with this. In uh, Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, and I didn't mention this in first service. Um, I forgot that you guys had used that same verse on that T-shirt. And when I was looking for a verse um, to, to pray over you, to speak over you, and, uh, and this is what Moses, through God, said to Joshua. This is the same verse that you have on the earth. Uh, different uh, time, but same idea here in uh, Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Spoke this to Joshua as he was about to lead to go out. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. So whoever them are, whatever that situation is, funds, the unknown, whatever it is, do not be terrified of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. And so we speak those words of blessing over you, of strength, of courage, of overcoming fear in Jesus' name, and that God is going to do a mighty work in you and through you. So I'm going to pray for them. John's going to come up and close this out with a couple of announcements. Uh, but uh, please stop by and visit them today. And obviously they can connect, you at other, connect with you at other times, and you're going to be hearing more about them uh, as the time comes. So, um, so I want to thank you for hanging out with us today and hearing their story. Um, so let's pray. Lord Jesus, gracious God, thank you for your mercy, your love, your peace, your provision. God, thank you for the way that you form in us and through us what you want to unfold. And so, Jesus, I pray that you continue to do a mighty work in and through Rocky and Chelsea, God, through their boys. Lord, you go before them. Lord, you guard them from the back, too. And so, Jesus, may you continue to make a way through your Spirit's power as they work through the spring and summer and fall. God, may you provide financially, relationally. God, may we as a church faithfully pray and encourage and partner. Lord, I pray that you would surprise us all. God, once again, you'd surprise us all in your faithfulness and your goodness. Lord, we're so thankful that we get to share here today. Uh, we speak ongoing blessing upon the rays in this church, and uh, we love you so very much. We pray this all in Jesus' strong and powerful name. Amen. Amen.